this is the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast with my mom, Shami, and Auntie Bianca. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So, Auntie Leonica and I recorded a podcast finally on Friday because we were trying to catch up. She's running for school board. She's trying to make good changes in the school system near her. LeonicaForThePeople.com. Go check it out. Um, I wanted to tell you something that that I needed to talk to you about before I published this podcast today. So, um, Auntie Leonica and I recorded Friday and then something happened over the weekend that was pretty sad and I was once told that you shouldn't show people that you love sad things because that makes them sad so you shouldn't do that so I'm not gonna really show you anything or videos or anything like that but I just want to tell you what happened so do you remember what happened with George Floyd yeah what um he got sat on on the neck and he couldn't breathe and who did it to him a police officer are police officers supposed to hurt us or protect us? Protect us? Yes. This pr- police officer wasn't trained correctly. Do you think protect everybody that's an American? Do you think protect everybody in the world? Do you think just protect certain people? or Protect everyone in the world. Oh, police officers should protect everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of kill black lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the sad part, right? So, um... This past weekend, after we recorded, I was just going to publish it and put it out, and then Jacob Blake, a gentleman from Kenosha, Wisconsin, was shot by police officers seven times in the back um, when he was walking away from them. After I don't know what happened, the exact circumstances of why, but the fact is he was walking away. He got shot seven times. His kids were in the car. I think they were three, eight, and ten or something like that were their ages, and he's going to be paralyzed. Now, it's lucky that he's alive after getting shot seven times, but I'm kind of curious what you think about that. What do you think those kids were feeling in the backseat of their probably car? Probably sad. You think? Probably angry. Yeah. They probably think he's dead. Yeah, they probably thought he died, huh? Yeah, but he's still alive. He just can't, he just lost the use of his legs. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. But it's pretty sad. It just, it, it made yeah. me really sad. I, people keep saying that, you know, oh, well, maybe he did this and maybe he did that, but it doesn't really matter. Like, the the cops are supposed to not kill people, (laughs) you know? Yeah, they're they're supposed to protect us, right? Yeah, they're supposed to protect us. All the cops who kill black lives or hurt black lives are not good trained cops. So you think it's in their training? They're not trained properly? Hmm. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Well, um, I just wanted to touch base with you and tell you that um, I'm proud of you for the homeschooling situation. Thank you for for digging in and really doing your best. I'm sorry that we live in a really kind of crazy world. And also your mom just can't be quiet sometimes, so I got to talk about stuff. So um, peace to the Blake family. I hope your children are okay. I hope they are able to heal from this tragedy, this trauma in their life. And... I hope that justice is served. Mm -hmm. All right. I love you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dig into this podcast. I'm ready to to share the part with uh, Auntie Leonica and I, okay? Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast, and away we go. Bye-bye. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. Oh, Leonica, Riley, Irwin, Leonica for the people, Leonica. My person, where have you been? How are you? I miss you. I am doing well. I've been busy as all get out. I'm tired.
Nap. Miss you too. I'm glad you're okay and you're safe because. Because we're in Florida? Florida worries me. <laughs> Welcome back. It's the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast. We haven't been here for 5,000 years, but here we are. I've been trying to kind of keep busy talking to different people and get different perspectives on stuff. And I've been trying to like get inside white women's heads to try and figure out how it can kind of get the ones who have the right idea to activate that piece of them that really needs to be active right now. Like they can't sit back and chill. So I've been trying. And then you've been running for public office. And so I've been like sitting back like, okay, at some point I have to be like, all right, we have to talk. Like we have to talk. So please, Leonica, do tell the, uh, the, 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 the folks that may or may not be listening that you need them to vote for you. <laughs> I do. If you live in Kentwood, Michigan, I am running to be a member of the Kentwood Public Schools Board of Education. So I am running because I think that we just need some clear-cut leadership and direction because we are entering a new age and a new era of education, and it will never be what it was before, and people are having a hard time accepting that, but we just need to move into the future and do what needs to be done because the future is here. We didn't want it to come so fast, but it's here. So what are you feeling as far as, um, well, the general leadership, we'll get there in a minute because we've said that's a cluster from day one. This is nothing new. Holy cluster. Mm-hmm. Where are, is your head at as far as schools opening and virtual and remote and distance and homeschools and not homeschools and send them and masking and such distancing and teachers and teachers? Yeah. That's why I'm running. Um, I've been talking to a lot of parents, a lot of teachers. I've been talking to students. I've been talking to my own children. Mm-hmm. Um I don't feel that our schools have the capacity to provide the social distancing necessary and the ventilation that's needed to prevent the ongoing spread of this virus. Um, My district in particular is 70% minority. And in our agency, our area, minorities are disproportionately affected by corona so i feel like sending our school our kids to school is just going to create a cesspool so we got to make sure that we get it right um i'm not sending my kids to school the district right now has a plan in place where the first two weeks will be virtual i'm planning on my kids continuing virtually afterwards um is there training for teachers? Are teachers getting training on virtual tra- on virtual teaching? Because what I'm realizing right now is just because teachers are good teachers does not make them capable online. A, B, they shouldn't be expected to pivot that quick without pro- proper training. They shouldn't be expected. They are doing training. Um, they had virtual open houses this weekend. It was interesting. Nice. They recorded videos on you, YouTube, and you could just drop into the classroom and get to know the teacher it wasn't interactive but that's cool yeah you know i thought it was good yeah. um it is let us know a little bit 
about what to expect. We were able to do um, curbside pickup for Chromebooks for all the kids and got their books that they'll need and some other supplies. But I think there's some real concerns about hitting back, getting back to the classroom after you know Labor Day when they're planning to do that. Where is everything stand? The last I heard of 45's directive, and I am going to make a concerted effort. Don't let me forget to come back to this, but I'm going to make a concerted effort. When I refer to him, I'm going to refer to his administration because it is not just him that is the problem. It is all these people that support him destroying our country that are the problem. So his administration, yeah, the enablers. The last time I checked, there was some threat of, well, if they don't want to go back to school, then we'll just take their funding. Um, sorry if I had that tone with it, but that's how I kind of hear his ass saying out. it in the big meeting is, well, if you don't want to come to school, then we're not going to give you any money for any of your school. Yeah. That's kind of how I hear it. But yeah, is that a so thing? I, I'm anticipating. Here's my concern. The wealthier parents in our area are already getting together and forming educational pods. They are interviewing and hiring licensed teachers yep. that are already in the public schools and they are going to take them away from the schools. Yep. So not only are we going to lose teachers, we're losing students. And if I was a teacher, I would probably want to go and work privately for parents where I know I can control the number of students. You know, I'm going to have six to eight students. It is the same six to eight students. Their parents all agree to follow the same rules outside of school to ensure that we're all safe and I'm not taking anything back to my family. So it's hard to make that choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you take that enticing factor away from these teachers who have already been underappreciated, underpaid, and everything else? Now you're telling them to sign a will if they go to teach because there's a chance they may catch COVID. Like, to do that is, of course, they're going to be more drawn to working with these private, wealthier families who, by the way, will take their, like you said, will take their money out of the school system now. Now they're kind of pulling out of their need for the school system is pulling away. So there goes that pull, whatever that pull is. And the public funding that goes along with those students right. is also gone. Right. The other concern is there have been homeschool programs doing homeschool since before computers were invented. Right. So they have already established curriculums. They have an already established way of doing things. They have been doing what we're trying to do for ages. Right. A lot of parents are also just saying, hey, I'm going to sign my kids up. If they're going to be at home anyway, I might as well do the homeschooling thing. They know what they're doing. The public schools are just trying to figure it out. So those are more students. And more, more money. money. Put out of the public school system. Right. That's what I was going to do. But I decided to run instead because I understand the importance of the money each individual pupil provides adds up so that all of those students can have a more quality education. So I said I'll make my voice 
heard and I'll stand up and take a leadership position because I'm going to have conversations when I pick up my kids from sports or classrooms or in the grocery store with parents that won't necessarily get to the board members, especially the board members who no longer have kids in school. A lot of the board members right now are retired teachers. Um, Leonica, if you (laughs) being on a school board or you being on the neighborhood watch is what is going to get you into the room where it happens. That's what we need. You, your face, you. You need to be in the room where it happens. My girl Johanna I talked about, talked with. I've been friends with her forever. She too. She was like, I don't fit. I don't care if you fit. I don't care if you think you're doing a bad job. I don't think, I I really don't care if you barely even pay attention to the gig, quite honestly. Because you know what the standard is right now? The president of the United States says to go golfing during a pandemic. So what? So you get in the room where it happens. You tell me what I need to do to get you in the room where it happens. And if it's just a matter of having conversations, cool. And are people severely underrepresented? Hell yeah. And this district is so diverse. Like We have students whose parents are from Bosnia. We have students whose parents are from Mexico, from Puerto Rico. We have students whose parents are from... um, Africa, students whose parents are from Asia. We have 15% Asian enrollment. 15% of our students are Asian. That is so amazing. You don't have that in school. No, and that is, I'm, I'm clamoring for that. I find that on the online sessions for my kid, he's doing online classes, and I find he's got greater diversity because he's looking at male teachers, he's looking at black male teachers, he's looking at, you know, teachers who wear turbans, and he's looking at other students who are wearing turbans, and I need him to see that. He needs to see the world like that, and if that's how he's going to see it on a screen for right now, that's just how it's going to be. You know, and I thought about that when I thought, I thought about my own educational experiences. Mm-hmm. And I had black teachers early on. And they say, I, I read a study that says if a African-American student has a black teacher before they are in middle school, they're more likely to graduate. I believe it. Absolutely. I, had, I was lucky enough to have two you know between kindergarten and sixth grade my first grade teacher and my fifth grade teacher were black and my principal was black i had all white teachers did make a huge difference because they did have expectations and they cared and they made sure that i didn't stray well they knew what was at stake They had come up in it, and they knew what was at stake. They knew what they were trying to prepare younger versions of themselves for. Yeah. So even little simple tasks like the privilege of going to sort papers at the office and staple them and take them to the other teachers to pass out. You know, those little special jobs collecting the library books and taking them to the library. You did all that, didn't you? 
I, you know, I did, I was, you know, a service squad to supervise the kids, the, the younger elementary students during lunchtime and recess. And girl, I, I was the person who called the bus numbers out so that they knew when to go get on the bus and play the Star Spangled Banner in the morning. Like, <laughs> didn't know it then, but those were things that positioned me to be where I am now. Yeah. And I don't see a lot of that happening with my children and that's concerning for me representation's um, a big deal i mean it's a big deal i you know crayola came out with this um new crayon set you know i got them and i'm so mad at them i got them what why are you mad at them what what's wrong with them i didn't even open them they're all the colors that's in the regular pack open that i didn't even open it but i was kind of jazzed about it because it's just a representation thing yeah, i can remember crayons i can remember crayons even with my son you know with him being half white half brown sometimes he's like kind of like uh but i feel like representation's a big deal like it's a it big deal even down to saying names correctly like we've got to stop doing this wait a minute Shalini, the night before last, yes. when Kamala gave her acceptance speech. I didn't listen. Very end, did you hear them playing Mary J? I didn't listen. Girl, I woke up with Mary J in my head, and I was just so proud that my homegirl Mary was being played at a Democratic National Convention, and it was a black sister, and it just made me feel so freaking empowered. with the idea that she's half Indian, half black. To me, she that is kind of like... love child, right? Yeah, she is our love child. <laughs> <laughs> Except, the reason I wasn't jumping on her train is she's a she's prosecutor. A I mean... She locked up so many brothers and sisters. That's... I'm trying to like come around to it. I'm trying to latch on to the female, the Indian, the black, the empowered, the she's gonna say what she's gotta say. I'm trying to really latch on to that. And it does honestly, she could have been a frog. It wouldn't have mattered. I don't care. It doesn't right. matter. It really right. doesn't. But I'm trying to get because prosecutors don't get she ahead. Was, she was too damn good at her job. Let's put it like that. Yeah. And I was good at her job. And it was her job to enforce the law. She didn't make laws at that time. I know. I know. I know. And she was good at her job. And if you're going to be the best, be the best of the best. And she went yeah. to Howard. I have much respect for Howard. 
Yeah. You know, so I'm 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 on the train, especially because I hope that all these Indians who call themselves being Trump supporters, which to me it makes me vomit in my mouth, but all of them will like hopefully attach to the idea that her name is Kamala. Her name is Kamala. Look, look, her name is Kamala. Look, she's got an Indian name. Vote for it. Like, yes, just come on, come on, whatever it takes. Just come on, come on over here. Because there's too many fringe, like this Kanye stuff, like you can't, there's too many fringy types. I've been calling on the Biden campaign. I've been call, making calls. And I can't even tell you how many people I talk to that give me this, well, I'm still not really sure. And I want to be like, mother, are you, what do you mean you're not sure? Like, what do you mean you're not sure? What are you not sure about? What is there to be unsure about? Did I tell you or did I not tell you years, years ago, this mofo will do, and his people, his people will do everything in their power. Everything. Lies. To stay in the White House. And what's up with um, his campaign manager? What happened? I seen something going on. Who got arrested this morning? Yesterday morning, Steve Bannon got arrested because they found out that the whole build a wall charity where they were having people donate money for the build a wall was was fraud. Or there was no charity or some some something dirty went down. But yeah. Um, I'm sure it went to a very worthy cause. <laughs> Steve wow. Bannon is arrested and charged with fraud in We Build the Wall campaign. Mr. Bannon and three others are accused in a scheme to use funds raised for construction to pay for personal expenses. President Trump's former advisor and an architect of his 2016 general election campaign was charged Thursday with defrauding donors to a private fundraising effort called We Build the Wall, which is intended to bolster the president's signature initiative along the Mexican border. Yes, Mexico is not paying for that after all. Wow. They're dirty, top to bottom. And then, so... How do people that I, at some point in my life, like, at some point, I gave a shit about. How do those same people have any love for this? And I know that I'm operating on Facebook Talk. And I know that I don't like operating on Facebook Talk because I hate Facebook. And I know that Mark Zuckerberg is part of the whole problem of ruining the world. But whatever. But these people, you know, Chris says to me, Shalini, you know, you should just unfriend or not friend these people who just say and post stupid stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But if I don't, if I have to see their stuff, then they got to see my stuff too. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be the person who's like going to have this hard line of we can't be friends now. But quite honestly, if any part of you supports or condones this administration, we are not cool. There is nothing cool about us. My son is voting for that man. Which son? Deontay. Well, he never met me. I don't know him. You know Deontay. He's a staunch fucking Republican. I'm so mad at him. I don't, I'm going to say I don't know him because he didn't spend time with me as a kid. I, I really only know Dre. Because <laughs> Dre spent time with me as a kid. And Dre would never do anything so asinine. Whatever. That boy just bought a motorcycle. That's fine. Life's short. No, Look it up. Girl. <laughs> 
Motorcycles make life shorter. Well, motorcycles are smarter than voting for Trump. Yeah. Right. That's true. Right. What the F you gonna do when we run up on you? Messing with the wrong crew. Don't know what we going through. I'ma have to show how easily we blow. Let me find out there's some more that's running with Joe. Nothing we can't handle. Break it up and dismantle. Light it up like a candle. Just cause I can't stand it. Put my on tapes like you busting grapes. Think you holding weight and you haven't met the apes. Stop. Drop. Is than so explain to me how. All right, explain to me how a young black man is um, compelled to. Uh, whose whose Kool Aid did he sip on? I think it's rebellion. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I have. That's what I think. That's what I think. The people who I'm talking about on Facebook, I think some of them are just being shitty Trump supporters just because they feel like they can get something out of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even gonna go. I'm not. I won't go there with you. I mean, I, if you want to have real conversations, let's have real conversations. Like the defunding the police. People just come out on these big, giant, no way, no why. If you don't want to, if you want to defund the police, then who are you going to call when they're blah, 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 blah. Dude, defund the police will help the police. Defund the police will help them know what they're walking into. Defund the police will, will reappropriate funds that are not appropriated properly based on community needs and give different parts of the community the needs that it needs so that they don't turn into criminals that the police need to deal with. Shalini, people just want to um, do whatever. Gimmicks. They want to argue and, and they want to debate and write people off. I mean, I've had people making posts and comments on my... Um, Leonica for the People page that says, oh, I wouldn't vote for you based on what you're talking about. And then I go and look at their page and they don't even live in my community. They're from Ionia or Hamilton, Michigan. But these are, that's trolling. That's just trolly behavior. That's just some troll stuff. People are just looking for things to argue about. I asked one lady, um, I just asked her, I was like, well, I see you don't agree with my position about remote learning. Did you look on my webpage to see if there's anything that we do agree on? Because that's not my only issue. <laughs> right. What did she say? She said she would go and check it out and then she changed her whole tone. But see, that's but my biggest issue. My People aren't talking. People are getting under this umbrella of like, I stand under this umbrella of, I have to say this. And these people are under this umbrella of, I have to say this. And nobody wants to talk and say, well, why are you under that umbrella? Why? Because the saddest part to me, the most sad part, and what I hope in any small way on my time on this planet, I can somehow affect, somehow, I don't know how, I don't understand how people vote and behave publicly against their own best interest. Why would you want to keep putting money in the pockets of people who don't need it and take away from yourself 
your children, your community, and people that could use just a, either a, a little break or something that is along the same lines of what these billionaire and millionaires are getting. They're getting cuts that do not equate to what the little guy and little gal are getting. So why would we, why do people keep voting against their own interests? The only thing I can come up with is it gives them license to be mean. No, they're ignorant. It's, it's pure ignorance. People really don't understand what our government works. They don't understand what civics is. They don't know about the judiciary branch, the executive branch, the legislative branch. People don't know about the difference between local, state, and county politics. I mean, Shalini, people are saying Kamala is Asian, Indian, and black. Like, Native. <laughs> That's like chai tea. You can't be chai tea. That's like saying TT. <laughs> it's not a chai tea latte. It's just either chai or tea. It's not chai tea latte. Like, she is not indigenous people. She's Indian from India. Yeah. Yeah, people people just don't know what they don't know and don't want to learn. I don't know. The way that media is and the way that people are now either I watch this and I believe everything this says or I watch this and I believe everything this says and the concept of having to put your own thoughts and ideas together based on these different resources is not even something that people think about. They don't want to look at multiple sources. They want to go into their own vacuum and say, this is the vacuum I'm going to be in. I don't want to listen to anything else. And when did science and medicine become like optional? I mean, when did like believing in numbers become optional? Like I, I can't wrap my head around that one. I cannot. Somebody tried to tell me when I said I wasn't sending my kid back to in-school. Somebody said to me, well, we know children aren't affected by this. And I was like, we actually don't know anything, as a matter of fact. We know nothing. And at all. At all. But then, yet, all these children are getting hospitalized with this weird illness that they know is COVID related. And what are the long-term effects, you know? And I, I keep saying, you know, my kiddo had a staph infection last year. He had, it was scalded staph. It came out of nowhere. Odds, I remember that. Odds were 56 out of 100,000 kids. We were in the hospital for a week. It was torture and awful. His skin was burning from the inside. It was painful and dreadful and Poop, 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 poop. Thank you, God, by all the graces and universe for protecting us. But Lord, that unknown put me into a brain space of uh, safety first. Flat it's, out. We, we ain't going to take no risk. We're doing this for the long run. We are trying to live as long as possible. The odds are already against us. That's what I don't understand. Why aren't people making educated decisions, looking at the numbers, like I look at the numbers in my county, I look at the numbers in my zip code, I look at the numbers in the state, I look at the numbers in your state. Mm -hmm. I just want to know what's happening where. And based on my own judgment and knowledge of statistics is telling me that it's not time for us to be 
visiting people, going to school, going to church, having birthday parties. <laughs> and I'm so bored. I know. And I'm to the movies and I haven't been out to eat at a restaurant in six months. I know. I know. But it's okay. Because I'm alive, I'm breathing, I don't feel like crap. I'm with my family. They aren't hospitalized where I'm just worried about them. And that's the most important thing to me. Like, I just, I think the part that of all of the, you know, I was talking to some people today and one of the ladies was saying, sometimes I get depressed about it. She was like, I get depressed about it sometimes, you know, because I'm social. And I've been okay with that piece of it, like being solo. I guess I've just turned into a bit of an introvert that way. But I'm good with it too. Yeah, like I think, you know, that piece of it I've kind of been okay with. But I, I do think that there's going to be, you know, some long-term effects of, of and I mean, it's, you know, psychologically, but in the long, in the grand scheme of things, if we were all on one page, if everybody in the country just said, this is what, you know, just like stop signs are red, yellow, and green, and we all stop at the red, we try and slow down maybe for the yellow, right? You know, I mean, we're all kind of just following those rules because they keep us alive, right? Like certain states, they wear helmets, certain states, they don't. And I, I understand the whole idea of like, oh, we're going to leave this up to the states. It's like, okay, however, if we had walls up at every state border where we went through customs to get from state to state, then you can leave it up to state to state. Mm -hmm. But since we're not contained like that as a nation, but you know what? We know why it is. We know why it is. We know why it is. I mean, it's either ineptitude or a giant grand plan to destroy America so that Russia can scoop us up for cheap. So, Shalini, why the <laughs> hell do I keep getting all these hits from China on my webpage? Mm -hmm. I saw you said that. I don't know. Like, I got one last night or today, and then I got a couple of hits, like, first day, couple of days. Probably bots. I mean, it's probably some bot stuff, but who knows? In this day and age, you don't know. I don't know. My mom is like, you can't use Zoom. Don't use Zoom for anything. Don't use Zoom for anything. I'm like, my whole life is on Zoom, Mom. I can't not do Zoom. If everybody else in the world didn't do Zoom, I wouldn't do Zoom, but everybody does Zoom. Yeah, we got a zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs> All I wanna do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Just shake your rope. <laughs> I don't know. Does it feel like the end of the world, Lee, or does it feel like we are all good? What's it feel like to you? It feels like the end of the world that we knew and the beginning of the world that we always imagined when we read 1989. 1984. And P.S. <sighs> Speaking of 1984, do you remember the movie Demolition Man? Sandra Bullock. Wesley Snipes. And Rambo. Wesley Snipes Sylvester and Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Yes. You remember that? Yes, they did not have sex. They had to put on some type of machine where they like a virtual like the virtual thing that they do now vr to have sex been thinking about that movie since this whole pandemic hit. okay so what's the restaurant that they all make a big deal of in that movie 
Oh, girl, I don't remember. Tell me. Taco Bell's new restaurant concept includes two drive through lanes and on-site bellhops. During the COVID-19 pandemic, <laughs> drive throughs have become more crucial than ever. Get ready for Taco Bell's high-tech drive throughs everybody. Here they come. Yeah, I mean, that movie, we're going to watch it again. I'm almost afraid to watch it, but there's so much about Demolition Man in 1984 and I'm not, I don't like being conspiracy theorists because I think that sounds hokey. But I mean, but it's. I've been telling people the same thing. Demolition Man, do you, I've been telling people that movie, all I have been thinking about. Taco Bell, they were in the news today. Here are the top seven ways Demolition Man predicted the future. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Number seven, voice controls. In Demolition Man's future, Everything is voice controlled, from voice-activated self-driving cars to GPS, security systems, and smart homes. Good news for all you Knight Rider fans. Your car will finally be able to talk back. Auto drive engaged. Number six, cryo-freezing. In the future, cryo-freezing becomes an easy and mess-free way to incarcerate criminals. While we don't have the technology to freeze adults and revive them, embryo cryopreservation and cryoconservation of muscle tissues and organs is a real thing. In the meantime, don't attempt to stuff yourself in your freezer. It's probably not going to work out. Somebody put me back in the fridge. Number five, video calling. Besides video conferencing and portable tablet computers, Demolition Man also predicted that telephone calls would be face-to-face -face and from anywhere. Nowadays, thanks to FaceTime, we can all stay close to loved ones, making it much harder to avoid the in-laws. Number four, biometric implants. In 2032, every citizen is required to have a biometric implant to use as an ID, medical tracker, and a virtual wallet. While we're not quite there yet, we now have medical implants that track insulin levels, heart activity, organ dysfunction, and help us hear and see. All we need is an Apple wallet implant for an effortless shopping spree. Your code was implanted the second you thought. Why don't you just shove a leash up my ass? Number three, Arnold's political career. The film mentions the Arnold Schwarzenegger Presidential Library, an idea that might have seemed silly back in 1993. The Schwarzenegger Library? Some people say that this was added as a joke after Stallone's appearance in Arnold's movie Last Action Hero as the alt-dimension Terminator. He's fantastic. This is his best performance ever. Fast forward to 2011, and after eight years in office as governor of California, suddenly Arnie's presidential run doesn't seem so far-fetched. President. Number two, smoking bans. Demolition Man not only predicted the end of smoking in public places, but the restriction of all things deemed bad, such as alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat. Are you shitting me? <laughs> the hell is that? Bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. Thankfully, we've kept most of those. Shit. Number one, Taco Bell everything. I would like you to accompany me to Taco Bell. Taco Bell? Yes. The only restaurant to survive the franchise wars was Taco Bell, putting all other restaurants and fast food joints out of business. No way. This futuristic Taco Bell is no longer a roadside stop, but a chain of fancy high-end restaurants. While plenty of options still exist, Taco Bell fast food joints have upgraded their decor, tripled their expansion, and will add alcoholic beverages. Long live Taco Supreme. Dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. I don't care if you listen, I don't care if you listen, I don't care if you listen.